Listening Dog Media. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay. Hello. And alongside me, back to break down the latest goings on in the crazy world of football, it's the ageless queen of our screens, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. That's very complimentary. You say ageless, but I've had a few sleepless nights again. It's like going back to the newborn stage where I look like I've been dug up, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get the wise words of our friend to help with this dilemma that's going on in your lives. Reunited with Hayley and I after a one-week hiatus in which she's probably travelled the length and breadth of the country and back again. It's the brilliant Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Linz. Yeah, I'm moving like I've been dug up. I'm Honestly, I'm Aww. I'm really suffering again with this no. whole back thing. But anyway, um, we won't we won't dwell on that. Um, I listened back to the show. What a great show last week. Yeah, really oh, good insight you. from Ali, wasn't it? I thought I think it's just it's just fascinating. Well, also I suppose at our age. And I don't want to say that kind of, but with our experience, you do learn to to kind of deal with social media and social media pylons in a different Mm. way, don't you? And I thought what Ali had to say was probably really good advice for anyone who's worried about posting something or worried if people hit them back for no for no reason at all online. So you can listen to last week's episode again, as you can with all our episodes, if you're listening uh, and you're intrigued. Uh, that's at the Offside Rule last week. Um, so Hayley McQueen, tell me why you are feeling like an 80-year-old today. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have a daughter, if anyone doesn't know. She recently turned two, and you'd think this is because of the terrible twos or something. No, it's because every week at nursery, if a child has a temperature... The parent is called and you get sent home instead of just popping some cowpaw in them and hoping for the best. You have to go and pick them up. You have to do a PCR test and it's tough. So every time she's been sent home, she's come home 
demanded cookies, ice lollies, everything. She's absolutely fine. This time around, actually, she wasn't and she isn't. And she's really poorly. So we've had to have her back in our room, a bit like the newborn days again. So I, I woke up with like a fist across the top of my head <laughs> and a little foot digging into my stomach. Tell mm. everyone why, why there was just a little, uh, just a little bit oh. of feeling a, a bit hard done by yesterday. Yes, when, when you had to pick her so up. I've had a few little pampering treats since she was born but I've never had a spa day so this was the first spa day that I'd had since Ayla was born and I got on the train I got myself a little um Portuguese tart a coffee oh, I like those. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. delicious aren't they the little custard pastel tarts oh, pastel nice. donata yep mm. I got myself to Marlebone station but just before I reached the station we got the call from the nursery to say she had a temperature and she wasn't herself so what do I do? I'm about to go on a spa afternoon with a friend of mine who'd arranged it all for us. I'd paid my parking. I'd paid for my return train ticket. I'd even bought a tube pass. So I was just, I was all set up for the day. I'd be getting oh. back just in time to pick her up from nursery and enjoy an hour and a half after a with full you. Zen day with a massage, a facial, the lot. It was all being thrown in. No. I left my house at 10 o'clock on a train. I got back home at quarter past 12. I'd only been on two trains. Oh, no. And, yeah. And <laughs> so you haven't had your first ever spa day since no. Ayla was born, basically. So it's, instead, I had a bath last night. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully with some posh bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, gutted. the benefit of this gutted. is that you are... Oh, I guess rested maybe to a certain extent even though you've had a small child in your bed with you a reminder if you're listening to the show you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app you can check us out on twitter at offside rule pod and on the website offsiderulepodcast.com coming up on the show after daniel sturridge put in a pretty specific request for a qualified barber in perth to fix his hair uh, we talk <laughs> diva footballers and footballing demands and look, there are whispers, aren't there, that Cristiano Ronaldo is less than satisfied at Old Trafford at the moment. We're going to break down other examples of players who perhaps regret transfers or not having a good time at their club at the moment. But first, the Premier League makes its return this weekend. Hurrah! Um, and we want to discuss which teams or players might have benefited from the international break and which ones will potentially have been hindered by it. Now, before you get started on this episode, we've got a small favour to ask you. We want to know what you think of our podcast here at The Athletic. So we've put together a short survey, it doesn't take long at all, where you can tell us what you like and what we can do better. If you go to theathleticsurvey.smsinc.co.uk, you can access this. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a prize draw to win one of three £100 Amazon shopping vouchers. Ta-da! Clacks and alert for Christmas. Now, we're only after UK-based listeners at this stage, so you won't be able to enter the draw if you're in Europe or America or elsewhere. But if you do live in England, Scotland, Wales or Northern Ireland, then please head to theathleticsurvey.smsinc.co.uk and fill your boots, please. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you in advance and on with the show. Bring it back. 
Topic 1 then, the Premier League returns this weekend after a two-week hiatus with Leicester City's game against Chelsea at 12.30 on Saturday, kicking off what feels like a vital weekend of action. We're building up to that all-important festive period, aren't we? So today, we want to ask which teams or players have been potentially helped by the international break and which have been potentially hindered. Hayley, do you want to get us started? Well... The highlight of the international break was, of course, the goal-scoring exploits of Harry Kane. Do you agree? Yes. Well, yes. I mean, it's great for confidence. I just wasn't sure about the opposition. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there is that. But I mean, who cares? He's scoring goals and that's exactly what Tottenham need. So many Spurs players did really well um, on international duty. Clean sheets as well for lots of their defensive players. But let's just focus on uh, the goal scorers. Hyunmin Song as well played the most minutes in South Korea's two games. It looked like he picked up a little bit of a knock, but I think he's okay. He scored a penalty in their second game. And of course, Harry Kane, I mean, he only scored one league goal this season and then, yeah, bagged seven across two games and got an assist as well. Um, despite playing just over an hour in both fixtures. So they didn't absolutely kill him with regards to playing a full 90 minutes in both games either. And what about Dane Scarlett? Well, he's been with the under-19s in their Euro Championship qualifying games. He's only 17. He scored twice in their 4-0 win against Andorra. Uh, Less likely goal scorers we have here. Uh, Stephen Bergwijn scored for his country, also got an assist, as well as Ben Davis as well. He actually played 90 minutes in both games for Wales and scored in that emphatic 5-1 win over Belarus. That was actually his first goal of the year for his country. Um, Bergwijn was, you know, he was delighted. He actually got a late call up for his country and yeah, ended up becoming a real key part of the Netherlands squad. Um, So he scored one, as I mentioned, assisted the other. And that was actually a victory over Norway. So tough opposition there. And so Conte will definitely be hoping that these players return back and manage to keep that going because that's exactly what they need at the moment. Not just goals, not just the attacking threat of these players, but the confidence you hope that they're going to bring back to Spurs. And the fact, I think as well, their respective countries all did well. So they'll all be on a high coming back, you know? Mm. Anyway, there's a whole load of other positives for Tottenham to take away from this. But I just think of all the teams that needed that confidence boost, it were the players who'd gone away from Spurs. Very good indeed. Let's hope Conte and the team benefit. Lindsay, what have you got? In terms of helping, you look at the recent managerial merry-go-round that's been happening. Stephen Gerrard in Aston Villa, Dean Smith recently being announced at Norwich City. But the the team I'm going to focus on are the team that I think have had more chance to bed in with their new manager, and that's Newcastle United. But not only did they need some time with him on the training pitch, and there weren't as many internationals on duty, so he could really get stuck in. Um, They needed some calm, this football club. They'd had a month of just a lot of things happening. There was the takeover, there was Fonseca being spoken to, then it was Unai Emery who ruled himself out. It was just a lot going on within a month and the club and playing staff probably felt a little unsettled. So I think they've had this international break to really calm things down. Eddie Howe will be Mm. working on his philosophy. He'll have done all the drills and as we know, he he loves to change things up uh, training-wise. So I'm sure they'll all feel refreshed and we might see Newcastle United finally getting a win of the season. They haven't got one yet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, very true. I have gone on a little bit of a similar 
tip to Hayley, but I've taken just players returning from international duty, um, having achieved success. And I'm going to go home nations for this. You've mentioned a couple of Wales players already, Joe Rodon and Ben Davis, but I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit and just enjoy Wales's success because uh, the Cardiff City Stadium went absolutely mad after Wales got their one-all draw against Belgium. It means that they secure a home World Cup playoff semi-final. So they're basically seeded. And what that means is that you've got as well as Ben Davis and Joe Rodon, lots of players going back to their clubs who have contributed. If we think about the players that are really going to be on a high, Daniel James, he got an assist in the game against Belgium. Tyler Roberts heading back to Leeds as well. He's done really well. Uh, Nico Williams at Liverpool. Uh, We've mentioned the Spurs players already. So I think just the fact that a lot of those players for Wales, and I'll talk about Scotland in a second as well, but they will be returning full of confidence after a really, really good result. Same for the Scotland players. 2-0 win against Denmark in their final game of this international Mm. break. That's got them a seeded spot in the World Cup playoff semi-finals. Yeah, they stopped Denmark's 100% record. Yeah, they did really, really well. And again, Hampton Park was just... I was having a chat to one of the guys at TalkSport um, on area, just said it was absolutely crazy. Um, Shay Adams uh, has done really, really well. So, you know, Mm. special nod for him. Kieran Tierney as well. He played every minute for Scotland. Great in both matches. Against Moldova, he even managed a a double nutmeg, I saw. He managed to (laughs) do that too well. So just in terms of confidence, that's really, really important when they go back to their clubs. Well, that does bring us on to teams that have been hindered. And I think if you're David Moyes and if you're a player at West Ham at the moment, when you are winning, you want to keep on playing. They'd had that brilliant 3-2 win over Liverpool just before the break. And now a couple of weeks where the team have all gone in different directions, gone and played mm-hmm. for their their relative countries, come back, had limited time on the training pitch. And I just wonder if that might just throw them off the, the great run they were on. Currently in the table, they're third level with Manchester City and they're just three points behind Chelsea. And add in the blow as well that they lost Angelo Ogbonna to an ACL mm. injury and that's going to be a minimum of two months uh, sidelined and he'd been brilliant for them. I just wonder whether West Ham might feel that an international break came just at the wrong time. Um, the teams that they've got on the way next, Wolves, Man City, mm. Brighton and Chelsea. Yeah. They shouldn't fear any of those. They've shown that they can beat any of them. It's just whether you can get clicking and, and picking mm. up where you left off. I was with David Moyes this week, actually. Unfortunately, it was seven o'clock in the morning we were hosting an event because, yeah, this is another reason why I think I'm absolutely knackered. I had to be like ready, done up, dressed to go live for quarter past seven because there were people in Australia who were um, going to be tuning in to watch what we were doing live. And I, I was asking him about the international break. But obviously, he'd, he'd watched the Scotland game, which was great. He'd flicked over to see the England goals going in. But um, yeah, he was chatting about how it actually made him a bit nervous because trying to make sure that all your players were obviously he was wanting them to do well for their respective mm. countries, but coming back, yeah. you, you know, um, not injured. Could you notice any difference in kind of a fully, <laughs> I mean, this sounds bizarre, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Hmm. Was there any elements of stardust around David Moyes? Did he have an extra skip in his step? I just wonder whether there's any difference to kind of David Moyes, the success story and David Moyes, the sort of beleaguered guy who couldn't get anything right at Manchester United. He, he just seemed really happy. He just seemed really just chuffed with life. So it was really nice to see him. The last time I interviewed him was when he was Manchester United manager, believe it or not, a long time ago. Yeah. And it was like interviewing a completely different person. Mm. Fair play to him. 
Mm. I'd had West Ham as well, um, actually, Lindsay. Just a a few injuries to mention um, as well. Thomas Tuchel's already said in terms of benefits, Rhys James and Angolo Kante gives them more time to recover from ankle injuries. And a really nice piece from John Fifield actually in The Athletic about Christian Pulisic and him having about the best possible break Thomas Tuchel could have wished for in terms of his rehabilitation. He got an ankle injury on international duty with the USA in September and Dom's written a really nice piece about um, how he's had just enough game time and some good performances um, to get himself back on track again really in this Premier League season. Linz, of all the managerial appointments that we've had, you've already mentioned Eddie Howe, but I, I guess Stephen Gerrard's got to be the next exciting one, hasn't he really, in terms of what he can do at Aston Villa and the fact that he'll have used this this tiny bit of time to get himself bedded in um, and for the challenge to begin. Yeah, and I think new manager bounce is a real thing. We see it so often, don't we, when managers come in in the Premier League and then they get a few good results. And I think with Steven Gerrard at the helm, that's going to be even more so the case because as a dressing room, as playing personnel, you look at him and what he achieved in football and you just take him really, really seriously. I guess you want to impress straight away. And that's before you get into what he's got to offer as a manager. So I I honestly believe that straight away you'll see an upturn from, from Aston Villa. And that's not saying anything against Dean Smith. I think he did a wonderful job there. Um, but sometimes you just need fresh ideas. And and actually, Kate, I know you follow the women's game and, and we spoke to Enia Luko, didn't we, this week for the women's football podcast. Yeah. And Manchester City, they've been struggling. And, and Eni rightly pointed out, you know, they've always appointed from within. And I think they've struggled mm-hmm. for fresh approach, fresh ideas a little bit. Um, that might be catching up with them. And that's that's just universal across football, I think. So, um, yeah, sometimes uh, a change is as good as a, a rest. Yeah, and I think all of us are excited to see what Steven Gerrard can do in the Premier League. Um, Hayley, what have you got? Yeah, I just wanted to obviously mention Manchester United and the fact that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is probably desperate for a little bit of a break uh, from the media, I think, as well, just away <laughs> from the spotlight, have a bit of quiet, sit with his coaching staff, go through how on earth they're going to try and turn their season around. Because after the international break, they've actually got three tricky away trips. So in the Premier League, they go to Watford. You'd like to think that they pick up points there after that defeat, embarrassing defeat to Manchester City. Before that, it was defeat in the Champions League. They'll be hoping to turn their fortunes around in the Champions League because they travel away to Villarreal. Then they have an away trip to face Chelsea. So they'll be hoping to get a little something out of that. And then they do have a good little run. They've got Arsenal Palace and then Young Boys at home. So they've got a few good fixtures in early December to try and I just give them that Arsenal little bit of a, a boost. Good fixture now. I, I think Arsenal, this is the worst time to play Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I mean, certainly if it if it keeps going the way it's going for them, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a tough time. I'm just thinking as a home game, as United, they need something from it. I think if after this run of six fixtures, United don't get through to the next round of the Champions League, mm. if they don't pick him enough points, I think that is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gone. I mean, it's just one win and four defeats in their last six games in the Premier League. They've conceded, I mean, defensively, it's been a shambles, hasn't it? 11 goals in just four league games. Mm. Uh, Leicester put four past them. Liverpool, of course, five yeah, in, in that I, run. I guess the only issue is, should they have jumped on Conte before Spurs got him and actually who else it it, it just feels possibly, to me like, like I wouldn't be surprised if Solskjaer was 
was still at Manchester United. I mean, obviously, if he starts to turn results around, then then of course. But it just feels to me like they've like they've said, but not openly said, that actually mm. they are investing in him and 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 he is the long term proposition. They are, and they let him take a break as well himself. He thought he yes, might stay, right. at, stay at the club. He went back to Norway to, to spend some time with his family and they said to recharge his batteries. So they are allowing him to do exactly what he wants and give the players a holiday as well. He allowed them all to go... And um, yeah, have a little bit of a have a little bit of a break. So hopefully, with the team just what three points behind Arsenal, they can try and gradually catch them up. But I think if they don't, we could be looking at um, heading into Christmas with Manchester United and not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer taking over in the new year. I think it may well be somebody else. Uh, well, on that cheery note for Manchester United fans, should Sorry. we move on uh, to to regret? In that case, don't come to me first on the next one. biggest transfer regrets is uh, what we're talking about. This is because numerous papers and online sources, including the Express, have claimed that Ronaldo could leave Old Trafford if results continue to worsen. The five-time Ballon d'Or winner has never played in the Europa League and Man United level on points with Villarreal and two ahead of Atalanta, there's a possibility that the club might drop into the competition this season. They're already in the Premier League, nine points behind Chelsea, and they play them on the 28th of November. None of this sounds particularly good, does it? Let's let's hope the break's worked. Um, but whether this story is true or not, it seems a little early, but there we go. We wanted to take a look at some of the transfers that players have definitely regretted. Uh, the more recent, the better. But hit me with what you've got. Uh, Hayley. I'm going to start with Meza Ozil. You wonder if he is absolutely kicking himself for leaving Real Madrid. Not because of what then happened when he came to Arsenal, a club that have never won any titles and never won him anything, but what happened to Real Madrid when he left. And it was a decision that his dad made for him, unbelievably. It was his oh, dad yes, who I decided, yeah, yeah um, who was obviously representing him and you, you've got to listen to what your dad says. Yeah, he became a bit of a star at, at, at Arsenal. He was great when he first started there. Now things obviously changed, but he saw his former teammates win at four out of five Champions League titles when he left between 2014 mm -hmm. and 18. He did win the World Cup with Germany during the summer of 2014, but yeah, never got a chance to win sort of the continental trophy that he was he was after. So you do wonder if he regretted leaving Real Madrid because of all that they won there. He would have still been involved. I reckon he still would have been involved in all of those competitions and, and, and games. Interesting. Um, I've gone for a current one. Aaron Ramsey's move to Juventus from Arsenal. That hasn't really been the success he might have hoped for. He's under contract there until 2023, but he hasn't featured in a Juventus starting lineup since the opening game of the season. There is a kind of a bit of news flying around that he'll be allowed to return to the Premier League on a free in January. Quite how, how much that kind of holds up, I don't know. Of course, he, he would have really enjoyed being part of this Wales World Cup qualifying campaign and then to have to go back to Juventus under the circumstances, I'm sure, will will be pretty regretful for him. He moved to, to, to Turin on a free transfer at the end of 2019 season after more than a decade in North London. But yeah, his, his career, I mean, injuries, managerial changes as well. He was out of favour since Max Allegri's return to the club um, and he had a few substitute appearances since. It's not going well for him at all and that's that's a huge shame for a player like Aaron Ramsey. So I think he'll be 
regretting that move to Juventus and will want to find a way back as soon as possible. I'm going to do it. I'm going to lay into Manchester United further because (laughs) I'm sorry, Hayley. But I think it's quite astounding, actually, that if you look at the team right now, and this isn't Mm. even including Ronaldo, who you used to to peg this topic, Kate, and talk about at the top, I think there's at least three players in the Manchester United team right now that regret going there. And Mm. one of them would be Dean Henderson, who as backup goalkeeper, is clearly not getting enough game time. It's not his fault that David De Gea has just shown great form again and is keeping him out of the side. I suppose mm. competition is healthy. And from from a supporter point of view, I think it's the one of the three that I'll mention that won't be as annoying for Manchester United fans because you've got two quality goalkeepers there. Yeah. But um, I do but think that Dean he Henderson... will be frustrated. Everything you read about him is that he is a really out-and-out winner, isn't he? Like, he's very mm. ambitious. Yes, mm. and he'll be wanting to move on. So I do think that he will be re- regretting that move. The next one, though, Jaden Sancho, I think you can say this is a move that will frustrate the fans. He was doing so well over in Germany for Mm -hmm. Borussia Dortmund, absolutely ripping it up, playing pretty much every minute in the league. He comes over to United and you must be thinking, what have we got to do to see this player on the pitch, first of all? But not only that in the position that he wants to play in, where Mm. he can benefit and affect the game more, provide more for the likes of Cavani and Ronaldo, might keep them happy as well. He's just not getting the the game time. I think he was an indulgence buy rather than a necessary one. Another team could perhaps have utilised him much better and in the right position. So if you're Jadon Sancho, you might be thinking, what have I done? And then the other one is Donny van der Beek, because it's the eternal question at the moment for United fans is why was he bought in? He doesn't get enough of a look in. Um, Signed from Ajax. There was interest at the time from Madrid, Juventus. So he had options and he went for Manchester United, but it's been given 15 minutes of league action this season. The fewest Mm. in United squad. So if Sancho's frustrated, what is Van der Beek thinking? Yeah, he's been linked with Newcastle now, actually. Van der Bay. I don't know whether he'll do it, but, um, you know, a bit like Jaden Sancho, isn't it? You know, he's clearly a very talented player. Just It's just mm. not those pieces are not all fitting together, are mm. they? I could add to that, Lindsay, actually, even though I don't want to hammer Manchester United. You could add Paul Pogba returning to Manchester mm. United, having left many, many years ago. Of course, you wonder if he regrets ever leaving in the first place. He might have achieved things when United were a great side. He's come back to them, unfortunately, when he's not. He did win four titles in his four years at Juventus, two Coppa Italias and reached the Champions League final as well. And then there was that world record £89 million move. But what's he done? Well, he's won the League Cup and the Europa League in his first season, but absolutely nothing since. He just seems frustrated, unhappy. He's not the big star of the show anymore that mm. now that's Ronaldo there. It doesn't there. help when he's sort of continually linked with a move away, does I it know, really? Because I know. if you're playing in that team, you must almost be thinking like, is it kind of really worth, I mean, not that he's not worth engaging with personally, but I mean, it's mm. like, you know, sort of team's the team, you're either in or you're out. I think the the fact he's obviously done so well for France and the French national the French national team are just incredible at the moment or he's enjoyed an incredible spell with them. I mean, he he could have really gone anywhere. He could have signed for Paris Saint-Germain. He could have gone to Real Madrid. Um he probably still can go to these uh, 
of course, but maybe not demand as much money. Manchester United, I don't think are really going to want to sell him right now. They're going to want to have to keep hold of him. It's just all a little bit of a mess at Manchester United. There's just lots of individuals and big names and they're just yeah. not really gelling together, are they? It feels doesn't it? It feels in, yeah. these, in these carbon neutral, let's make do and mend and less less waste, it feels like. In a metaphorical way, Manchester United are not being very environmentally friendly with their huge excessive talent and not using them properly. One more just before we leave this, because I don't think he would go on record to say that he regrets his transfer decision. But I think deep down, this player absolutely must. And I read a recent interview with this star, who you may remember from his time at Chelsea, Oscar. He's now 30 years old and he left Chelsea in 2017 for the Chinese Super League. And in a recent interview, it did say that the amount of money that he's earned in China could help the whole village where he came from in Brazil. And that was a little bit of the, the reasoning that he gave as to why he couldn't resist that move. But let's break it down in footballing terms. He left Chelsea when he was 26. There were two players. He arrived at Chelsea in 2012 with another player. Mm-hmm. And that player was went out on loan. And that was Kevin De Bruyne. Now, you just chart the two of them together and what they've gone on to do. It is five years since Oscar even represented his country because he's playing in Chinese Super League. He left there 26 years old. I'm saying it again, the peak of his career. Do you not think that at some point, it doesn't matter how much he earned and how much he could help his community, there might be a day where he sits down just from a footballing perspective and goes, you know what? That was a decision whereby yeah. I missed out on the best years. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is a very good point indeed. Okay, we'll leave then regrettable transfers just there for a moment. As Lindsay mentioned, we have a women's football podcast. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is what to search for on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, this week, one of our guests is Everton striker Simone McGill. And uh, our special guest for the whole of the show is former Chelsea and England player and now director of football at Angel City FC, Any Aluko. And it's a really interesting one about football governance and finance and where the game's headed. Um, and he's got some really interesting thoughts to share as well as, of course, us catching up on all the latest league action. Women's Football Weekend, of course, a big talking point. Okay, let's head into topic three then, diva footballers. This is inspired by Daniel Sturridge. He put a message on his Instagram to his three and a half million followers recently saying that he was looking for a barber in Perth, Australia. Uh, He's recently moved there to join Perth Glory. The former Chelsea and Liverpool star was in quarantine, but he was just basically fed up of his hair, desperately looking for a trim. Asked applicants to send a CV and their body of work, presumably photos. Uh, he said his hairline was important to him uh, and, and it's important that it's straight, he said. I don't want to leave Australia with no M hairline. <laughs> See, I don't think this is too bad. I mean, we know, surely, <laughs> ladies, what it's like. Kate and I have had the same hairdresser for I don't know how long. Same. And you, yeah, I was going to say, I think Haley even more so would be loyal to a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a trust thing with your hairdresser. And so I don't think this yeah, is too deaverish. So yeah, I, I mean, I mean, trust, you talk about trust. Wouldn't you rather go on a recommendation than just putting a message out to three and a half million people on Instagram saying, I don't want an M line, which is 
presumably yeah. the, the like the kind of widow's peak type thing is it I, I don't know he wants he wants it straight basically i presume across the front of his forehead the, the top of his forehead although i'm no expert when it comes to hair um but it did get us thinking about diva demands from footballers strange requests that perhaps are away from the field of football um who wants to go first for this one hayley if you want rowing if you're wondering what that what? noise is in the background, the window cleaner's just rocked up. <laughs> I I'm thought upstairs. someone was rowing, like having a workout. I'm upstairs in, in the corner of the bedroom because I'm directly above the router where I get good reception. Oh, he's just, he's just come over to my side. Now, luckily, I can't see him. It's just a very long pole with his brush on the end. Cooey! <laughs> And the, the, the blinds are half closed. I'm surrounded by pillows. If he looked in, he'd be like, what on earth are you what doing? I'm literally, I'm cross-legged with my little setup, surrounded by pillows to kind of keep sounds like this away from recording a podcast. Um, so there we go. That would be the, <laughs> I hope the window cleaner. I hope they're clean after all that. Um, anyway, give us some, um, some diva examples, Hayley. Well, well, I remember when I worked at Manchester United and I have told this story before and it was because I didn't really like this player because I thought he was a bit rude and not very nice. And I'll tell you who it is once I've told you the story. We were at an event. We were all in these little um, sort of the, the, the hospitality boxes all lined up to do media interviews for Hublot, which have the most beautiful watches and there were several big names invited along to this Hublot event to speak to the media and they were all gifted a watch. Now these watches were personalised so Ronaldo had one that had the, like the Portuguese flag on it with CR7 and um, this particular player had one it was really special what they'd done but he was getting really annoyed because he just wanted to go home after training. He didn't want to be there. He'd had to sit through a whole hour's sort of presentation that I'd done at Old Trafford. Didn't want <laughs> so to be interviewed. You're partly to blame interviewed. for this. You're yep. partly to blame for this diva It's my drop. fault. Yep. Uh, the press officer there at the time was trying to calm him down. He just didn't understand why he had to be there. Obviously, most of the people doing the interviews and the press that had turned up wanted to do it in English. He couldn't speak English. So it was all going to be done through his translator. So he couldn't have been um, less interested, basically. No, and they... The, the, the press officer had gone along and said, look, here's the watch. It's a beautiful watch. Look, they've, they've given you this as a gift. And he just threw it on the floor and just threw it across the hallway. It's terrible. Really? Yeah. And I think I don't, I, I, I can't recall whether there were people from Hublot actually stood there at the time, but I certainly saw it and just thought, okay, do I just, do I just bend down and pick it up? Do I keep it myself? <laughs> yes, I'd be like, fine, mate, if you don't want it. Yeah, it was, it was pale blue and it was um, the Argentinian flag. So can you guess who it was? Tevez, yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh. So he, he wasn't, he wasn't very happy, oh, but it was, dear. it was a beautiful watch that they'd made for him. Uh, anyway, that was a diva strop I witnessed for myself, so I'll, let, I'll let you guys chip in before I head to a bit of a random one and a very close relationship between this player and his sister. I think because I mentioned Oscar already and him getting the call from the Chinese Super League and you know the motivation. You can read between the lines in that interview. He went there for money and he's still there for money. And there are certain leagues around the world when you know that it's a payday. Javinho, around about 2015, 2016 time, was negotiating a deal from Roma to Al Jazeera and as part of that I think he just thought to hell with it I'm going to put in a few demands 
I'm not really bothered about going there. If I'm going to go there and get loads of money, I might as well try and get a bit more out mm. of it as well. So he asked for access to his own private beach, a personal helicopter, unlimited plane tickets as well to go back and forth between the Ivory Coast. And he's, that's all on top of £85,000 per week in wages. Wow. And uh, he was denied those Good. requests and he didn't make the move. <laughs> wow. That is that is definite diva behaviour. That is a rider like I've never heard before. Mm. Okay, well, I'll take you back a few years to talk about Moise Key. Not necessarily his demands, actually, in terms of a contract, but his dad's demands on his behalf. Um, this is when he was renegotiating a contract with Juventus. Of course, he's on there on loan now from Everton, but he um, originally was at the club kind of 2016 time. And his dad, Pierre Keen demanded that Juventus buy a fleet of tractors for his farms back home in the Ivory Coast. <laughs> Otherwise, he basically threatened to ensure that his son Moisa would run down his current contract and leave on a free. So he basically Whoa. kind of blackmailed them. Um, apparently, the story goes, officials at Juventus agreed... Um, but then later reneged on it and agreed a new deal with Moisa without his father's involvement. And presumably wow. no tractors were exchanged in the signing of that deal. Must have annoyed his father. But there you go, a slightly bizarre one for Moisa Keane. What about Neymar? He's always missing on a certain date or for the game that's closest to his sister's birthday. I know this is a random one, isn't it? He's been injured or suspended in six of the last seven years. It was just as this date was approaching when the curse of his sister's birthday struck again. He hobbled off injured in the French Cup. This was in February. His was sister's he? birthday in March. Now, obviously, his, his sister, she's very attractive. She's she's lovely. Looked like they have a really good, close relationship. I'm guessing it's because she might have tons of very lovely friends and he just likes to hang out with them all and provide a birthday extravaganza um yeah he always appears to pick up a knock just before her big day it started the curse back in 2014 then went into 2015 kept getting suspended then there was a muscular injury the muscular injury actually ruled him out of a clash in 2017 the day after her birthday so that was after her actual date of a birthday but the party wasn't until yes, the following weekend Funny when that, isn't party? it? Yeah, he's actually got a tattoo of her on his arm, and there's a picture of him posing with her while she's in the pose that he has tattooed on his arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, um, that's and a little it, bit weird. For, for one of those, for one of her birthdays, he actually went back to Brazil and joined in with the, the festivities. Oh, um, so he even travels. I can remember completely annoyed his club at the time, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there uh, you go. Another Brazilian for you, Ronaldinho. Um, when he returned to Brazil, to Flamengo, uh, going back a bit further now to 2011, he'd won the Ballon d'Or by that point and his stock, you've got to remember Ronaldinho, one of the best players in the world, but this is when his stock was the highest. Um, he asked in a contract back then for two nights out a week to be written into the contract, what? which I actually think is quite genius. You know, you've already achieved quite a lot. You're a Ballon d'Or winner. You want to go and enjoy life. Um, can I have a couple of nights out, please? He followed that up again a few years later when he joined Mexican side Querétaro, demanding a house with four butlers, a mm. beach football pitch, 
and a standard seven aside as well. I mean, the football stuff I sort of understand because that's your trade. And if you can play football at home, fantastic for training. Um, the four butlers, that would be on mine. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's talk about Gianluigi Donnarumma. Um, when he signed the goalkeeper, his final contract with Milan in 2017, he just thought, Do you know what, blow it. I'm going to demand that they sign my brother Antonio too. <laughs> and sign him they did. Uh, Antonio Donnarumma's now 31. Uh, it was signed by Greek side Asteris Tripolis for a million pounds, made three appearances in four years and now plays for Serie C club Padova. There you go. So uh, I'm sure there's a few examples of that, isn't there, where you kind of ask, I don't know whether it's a demand, but certainly sometimes younger siblings are taken into account, aren't they, if players mm. move. You wonder if that happened with the Hazard, Hazard at Chelsea. Yeah, and then yes. there was Alex Bruce with Steve Bruce. He was on his books. Mm. Nigel Pearson had his one of his sons. It happens, I think, yeah. There is, of course, the question about diverse demands of of sports presenters, isn't there, ladies? I don't know whether either of you have ever, I must have a packet of mini eggs in my dressing room at all times. Um, I no. won't mention any names here, but um, sometimes clothing comes into the equation. And there is one presenter doesn't do so much these days, but back in the day, there was a certain soft focus used sometimes when this presenter was on air oh. because it just it just smoothed over the lines a bit. Oh, it took the edge off. It took mm. the edge off. I think I'll be asking for that soon. Yeah, we 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 don't have many divas at Sky right now, but I I won't go into the stories. I'll I'll, I'll keep that to myself. But yeah, there have been some wardrobe requests from some presenters that were fairly expensive let's just put it that way I'm one of these I'd rather have tons of clothes just off the high street than just one really nice thing because get to mix it up don't you yeah yeah but nowadays it's better to have an item for life Hayley yeah rather that than is all true. of well, that waste we rent at Sky which is really good and I definitely rotate my wardrobe and chop and change I've started now buying a lot more or well I used to buy a lot more skirts and tops so you can kind of mix and match better whereas we used to just wear dresses for a really long time but the other day I wore a blazer I bought 10 years ago it was the first ever suit I bought from the Kukos oh, and it good. had its 10 year anniversary so I was quite pleased it just fit to be honest <laughs> yeah yeah I think the only time I mean Lindsay this is probably similar for you but but the only time I would ever verge on being a diva, just simply because I was so fed up, was if I'd be is, is if I was excessively hungry or excessively cold. Mm. Mm. And although you don't mean cold. to be a diva, sometimes mm. you just have enough, don't you? Sometimes you just you literally like I, I actually need to eat something now before I become a horrible version of myself. I remember feeling so bad when I was late once running in, and um, I'd got I'd got an item that I was going to wear. And it was super creased. And I knew that I didn't have time to iron it, which I used to do myself or I'd steam it myself. There was a cupboard where you could go in with a steamer. But I knew I wasn't going to have time to do that. So the the very, very lovely makeup lady said that she'd do that for me whilst I was getting... Oh. There were two of them in and one, one went and did it for me whilst I was having my makeup done. But I felt so bad thinking that yeah. I, I should have just... I should have just set out half an hour earlier. <laughs> There you go. As you can tell, we're not divas here on this show. Oh, no. I only have one request at Sky, and that's what all floor managers and runners know. Leave the tea bag in the cup of tea, please. That's my only so request. So diva-ish. So diva -ish. I know, isn't it? Oh, baby, we're back in bits. We actually talking like we're back in bits. 
Uh, let's move on to any other business there, the smaller stories from across the week, which may have gone under the radar. Who wants to get us started? Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to vote you. Oh, I'll begin with Graham Potter because I don't think I could like him anymore. And then um, as I was flicking through, and and there's a few during the international break, charity fundraisers that have happened. But Graham Potter took part in the big sleep out and it was to raise awareness and vital funds for the homeless in Brighton and Hove. And there's a picture, he's gone and done it, he's, he's roughed it with everybody else. Uh, I know Wolves as well, they, they've had a night very similar in the last week where they all camp out at the stadium under the stars to try and raise awareness for mm-hmm. homeless charities in the area there too. But yeah, I think Graham Potter actually going out being part of it yes. fantastic yeah at, I mean there is underfloor heating of course I mean not mm. that I'm in any way dubious about the effort here by Wolves Lindsay but um but there could be the possibility of underfloor heating could there not uh, whereas Graham Potter did the real thing fair play to him Okay, mine's a bit of scandal actually and we don't really talk about this very often but Jack Grealish what are you doing player Goodness, he's got a lovely girlfriend, Sasha Atwood. Now, he's a young lad. That's fine. Date who you want, when you want. Have as much fun as you like. But if you've got a girlfriend, don't date two other people as well at the same time who are high-profile people because you're going to get found out. Emily Attack, I think she's a singer. And, um, and no, another... she's a comedian. Oh, is she a comedian? Is she a comedian? Emily Attack, yeah. Oh, well, that's me. I have absolutely no idea about um, the youth of today or who anybody is. But he's also supposed to be dating Love Island star Amber Gill. I haven't seen Love Island either, but this Amber Gill... Have you been reading the tabloids again, Hayley? Do we know that this is actually true? Or are you just indulging in a bit of old wag? (laughs) Because we don't get a lot of wag-style scandal anymore, do we? Is this just uh, the sun revisiting it during the international break? Well, this this other person that he's supposed to be dating was asked about it. um, And she sort of laughs and is like, oh, no, definitely not. um, And sort of giggles. But they have been pictured together. um, And you just flick through his Instagram and... Oh, it's just, it's all just a bit much, isn't it? He's a good looking young lad. Of course he can, you know, go out and probably date whoever he wants, but just don't date them all at the same time. Yes, it's not very nice. Just be a gentleman about it, please, yeah. Jack. Um, nice one here for me to add in for you. Terry Kennedy, former footballer, really highly rated at Sheffield United, played alongside Harry Maguire, made his debut for the club as a 17-year-old in May 2011. A knee injury curtailed his progress. He was meant to have this wonderful career. He was released in 2016. He's only 28, actually, at the moment, so still a young guy for us anyway. Um, he did have spells at Alfreton Town and Harrogate Town before he just decided three years ago to hang up his boots at the age of 25. Well, he's only gone and flipping won the lottery, hasn't he? There's a brilliant wow. tweet going round. He's in a high-vis jacket, actually, and he's speaking to a lottery operator on the phone. And she says, like, are you ready? Are you sat down? And she then tells him that he's won a million quid. And for someone who is obviously working in a different profession, I don't know what the high-vis jacket means. Maybe he's in construction or something else. But anyway, he's got much more of a normal job these days. And all of that bad luck early in his football career, and he's gone and won a million pounds on the lottery. I just think it's a wonderful story. He has hit the jackpot. That's brilliant. That's worth doing a film on, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I loved it. 
Did anyone spot that Andy Cowell has gone to Reading? I'm, I'm currently oh, at the moment trying to no. work out um, a way to do a feature around that I for, for that. Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's gone there and he, I think it's only until January. It's a very short okay. term okay. deal, but yeah, he's gone there. Because he was out of, um, uh, out of contract, wasn't he? I read a piece with him, Linz, where he was talking about how he just got it all wrong at Liverpool, that he was kind oh. of too stuck in his ways. He thought he knew. He regretted a transfer, Kate, going back to an earlier topic. Well, he regretted his behaviour. He didn't regret the transfer. He regretted his behaviour and said that he that um, he didn't basically listen to them when they were trying to evolve his game. He thought he knew mm. what he was about and wouldn't wouldn't basically change and adapt to the Liverpool way. So yeah, mm. really interesting. All right, ladies, I think we've got to wrap it up there. Um, quick behind the scenes bit of insight. Halo's battery is about to go on her laptop. So before it does, time for me to say thank you so much for your feedback on the show. Don't forget to check out that survey and, and leave us some more if you can. Um, tell us what you're liking or what you aren't liking. Uh, if there's and you know remotely anything at all at offside rule pod on twitter and on instagram and offside rule podcast is our brilliant website where you can catch both men's and women's content lots of fresh pieces every week Lindsay, are you back in the car soon not in the car kate on the train i feel like Good. i'm learning um, i'm going up to manchester and there is an early kickoff uh, this weekend on saturday in the wsl manchester city against aston villa i will be there for that one and after the combined viewing figures of 1.5 million for women's football weekend last weekend we are so excited about this and uh, just to keep it growing and keep the game evolving it's been fantastic so yeah. we'll be up there do join us absolutely um all right we'll be back next week thank Thanks uh, to you for listening from myself, Hayley and Lindsay. Bye for now. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.